in a world few have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Look, I understand. I see your, I see the merit of conjugal visits, but I just don't want to talk about it anymore. All right. <laughs> and, oh well. Just... Oh hey. Oh oh, we're recording. Uh... <laughs> Welcome to the Gentleman Podcast. I am Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left of the Big Shot, <laughs> Glenn Stansberry. <laughs> hey, Big Shot. That's a little inside joke for you. <clears throat> I uh, well, you I guess got... it's not gonna. Th- these are our friends. I can tell the story, right, Brian? Yeah, sure. Okay. Got got into an email exchange with um, a near do well who uh, I won't I won't get into yeah. the details of the but the exchange but basically after a while you know he, he was polite and everything and then by the third email he start, you know he didn't he wasn't getting what he wanted right so he he uh, resorted to call me calling me names like call, like big shot like big shot see I just take that as a compliment I I guess I mean the guy's like hey big shot yeah. You know, I, I didn't want to say anything, but yeah, I kind of am a big shot. <laughs> well, thank you for pointing that out. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's how I would take that, Glenn. Well, I don't think that's how it was meant, but I will take it that way. <laughs> Look, I've never been accused of being a big shot. <laughs> me neither. This so. is the first for me. <laughs> never, ever. Well, anyway. well, you just got accused for the second time in this podcast. That's I true. Just, I just. Well, thank you. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I hope it was a little nicer. I, uh, I think you are a big shot. Tomber. I re- yeah. yeah I, I, that, mine was more sincere than that <laughs> yeah. other guy. Well, thank you, Brian. Yeah. Yeah, well, wow. I think you are a big shot. Wow. Brian. Wow. Well, thank you. So, so yeah. So, that guy can stick it where the sun don't shine. Well, I didn't tell him that, but I think it was inferred. I believe it was. <laughs> You're very polite in that email exchange, by the way. Thank you. I felt like you, you kept your cool very well. well. In email, it's easy to lose your cool mm. and be a jerk. Mm-hmm. And I felt like you were very polite to a guy that solicited you about something that you didn't... He reached out to you, and mm-hmm. then he got all sarcastic and called you a big shot. Yep. And, uh... That didn't do know. many favors, did it, Brian? No, it didn't, Glenn. And speaking <laughs> of where the sun doesn't shine, uh, <laughs> There's this dark corner of the internet. Yes. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of the dark web. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's the... That, uh... I think gentleman is annexed in uh, that part of the internet. I think it is. Um, I actually don't know what the dark web is. Uh, you know, it's... Should we not talk about it? Ooh. First rule of dark web? <laughs> you don't, don't you talk, talk about, about the dark web. dark web. Dude, I don't know. I don't know anything about that. I, I keep my eyes on the internet on only respectable, upstanding content. That's true. And that's why we created gentleman.com. Not... Uh, yeah, so the other day, Lynn, Lynn's uh, grandma comes up to me and she goes, Glenn, what is it about this dark web? What can you tell me about that? And I was like, I, Grandma, I don't, I actually don't know anything about it. What? Surely you do. What do they pay you for? Yeah. Well, it's a good point. But it's a good question. Yeah, I... She knew about it before I did it. Wow. She, apparently it's just... It's really making the rounds. Well, I wonder what Lynn's grandma's up to <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> She's got a Kindle, and that's about topping out her... Ooh. Yeah, I mean, I mean it was pretty impressive. She yeah. can 
She can get what she needs to, but anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's my story about the dark web. Well, um, well, anyway, let's yeah. let's steer this back on course, Glenn, as okay. much as we can. Okay. Uh, we're creators of a site called Gentleman.com. Mm-hmm. Gentleman.com is a great site to go visit to learn about the dark web that we know nothing about. <laughs> uh, and, you know, just have some fun. You know, the internet should be fun. It shouldn't be all gloomy, doomy, moody, mm-hmm. emo. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, it should it should be fun. And that's what Gentleman.com is. It's a big pile of fun on the internet. It really is. Lots to be had. Lots of fun to be had. Uh, there's lots of fun you can do. You can do almost anything on gentleman.com. Uh, you know, if you have an Oculus Rift headset, <laughs> you can see a 3D version of gentleman.com. Wow. Like, yeah, it's amazing. It's like you're actually like inside the tax. Yeah, it's so it's impressive stuff. But we're it's a high, so. highly technical. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, we're going to get more into that later, Glenn. Uh, visit gentleman.com if you want to follow along with the podcast see what the links are from the episode you can visit podcast.gentleman.com uh, if you want to get in touch with us and call Glenn a big shot the best way to do that is not through email like that other jerk did the best way to do that is to send a letter over to the gentleman mailbag at P.O. Box 442305 Lawrence, Kansas 66044 we will take your letter we will read your letter we will consider it we will think about it and we will act upon it by two days, at least two days. By by at least two days. That's our guarantee. Our mm-hmm. personal guarantee is that we will read your letter and we will contemplate it for two days. Mm-hmm. Then we mm-hmm. will stick it on the hall slash wall of fame, which we all know and love as the hall of fame. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll talk about it on Gentleman Podcast. Yes, we will. That's a lot of stuff that gets done just by sending a letter to the Gentleman uh, Podcast. There's a series of protocols. It is. It's it's like the uh, the checklist before mm-hmm. turning the key on a nuclear explosion. Right. You go down the list every time. And right. we're trained mm-hmm. over and over again on the, the letters to the Gentleman Mailbag to do that exact uh, scenario every time. We've drilled. Yeah. Extensively, exhaustively on this. Yeah, exactly. Every night so, we're, we're working on it. So Every time every time it happens, it's always a little mini explosion. Exactly. Exactly. So, so uh, if you want to be part of that nuclear explosion, you can send us a letter. P.O. Box 442-305, Lawrence, Kansas 66044. If you don't want to do that, if you want to send us an email, none of that stuff will happen, but we might talk about your email on the Gentleman Podcast. That's right. So... A uh, little bit of a, a preference towards getting letters, mm-hmm. but if if you're in a pinch and the only thing you can do is send an email over to us, we'll 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 still take the email. Yep, or hit us up on Tinder. Yes, Tinder or, those, or hire us as Uber drivers. Right. Those are the those are basically the only four ways to get in touch with us. <laughs> um, okay, Glenn. Well, uh, let's move into some interesting posts. From, oh no, we're not. Oh, I broke the rules this time. It's usually Glenn. It's usually hey, Glenn. Hey, hey, hey. It's usually Glenn. Let's but, not. Let's not. Uh, I totally failed. It's okay. Right. That's it's all right, Glenn. Right. Dusting myself off. I'm moving on. I, 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 and it's not fair because we're going to talk about the drink of the week. And this, this beer that we're going to do tonight is a legendary beer. Mm. It's, it's, it's a larger than life beer. Um, it's, it's all about uh, the, high, the high end of, of life and mm. living life the best way you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is a beer by the a little known craft brewer called Miller. Is that with two L's? Uh, Miller or Miller? Mil, 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 Miller. 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 I don't know. Okay. Either, anyway, I don't know. It, uh, it's a little uh, little known Milwaukee brewing company um, called Miller, and uh, this is a the beer they call the High Life. Um, and Glenn, this is uh, this is a staple in my life. I I, I enjoy the high life from time to time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been ridiculed for enjoying the high life. Well, well documented. Yes. Um, but 
here's the thing. This is this is this is a very good beer. This is you, this is the perfect beer for the MTS. Yes, because we we take the we take each beer in the context of the of the beer that it is. Mm-hmm. We take things like price into account. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's it's a very it's a very good experience for the MTS to to get this on record as officially what the rating of this beer will be. Uh, just real quick, I mean. I was joking earlier. I think everybody's heard of Miller High Life. It's a great beer. It's been around since 1903, mm-hmm. and they have a great history of their the this beer, um, how it went from nothing to the popular beer that it is. Um, and it was actually it, it originated over 150 years ago when Frederick Miller, Frederick Miller came to the United States, uh, German brewer. Uh, in 1903, he created Miller High Life. 1903. So we're talking about over 100 years ago. It's lasted this long. I think there's something to this beer, Glenn. It might it might stand the test of time. And I wanted to say the one thing about this beer that I want to say is I love their marketing. From, yeah. Like Throughout the years, they have all these old ads that they've had around for a long time. Um, and they have great marketing. And I love the fact that... Uh, you know, one of their slogans is "If you've got the time, we've got the beer," <laughs> which is awesome. It's Miller time. And all the way into today, they're running this campaign. Uh, I, I assume it's on Twitter. It's got a hashtag. It says "I am rich," and it's all about the simple things in life that make you feel like you're a big shot. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, I that's do. a really cool. It's a cool. That's a really cool ad campaign. It's like you know, if I have a Miller High Life, I feel like a big shot. You know what I mean? I hear you. And I think it's a great, as opposed to you know, the Budweiser thing where they like tear, try to tear down craft brewers, like all these snobby guys are drinking all these craft beers. I just need a Budweiser, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Our Beechwood age, yeah. blah blah blah. Yeah, this is like the opposite of that, where they're just saying like, "Hey, this is a great beer. We think it's awesome. I think you will too." It doesn't pretend to be something it's not. Exactly. It knows what it is. Exactly, Glenn. It's the working man's beer. Exactly. This is this is a. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to uh, try this for the first time <laughs> again. Look, also this it's, week it's also it's summer. Okay, it's it's springtime. Springtime. Yes. It was feeling like summer today. It was feeling like summer. I was I was I went to the store. I was looking through the cabinets, see what what I needed to get. I walked by, I saw the Miller High Life, and I thought, yes, <laughs> that's the one. Let's not make this any any harder than it has to be. No, it doesn't. Okay, Glenn. Speaking of any harder than it has to be, twist Twisties. right off. Yeah, twisties for your convenience. Mm. Okay, so this is a lager. Yeah, it is American style lager. American style lager. Now, how much was the sixer of this? <laughs> okay, okay, roughly. But, but, I have to. <coughs> I didn't get a sixer of it, Glenn. Okay, well, of course, I don't I, think they sell those. I got an eighteen pack. Okay, so let's divide it by three. It was ten dollars for an eighteen. <laughs> So, if you if you if we need to equate that, we need to get these numbers down for the MTS. So mm. that so for ten bucks, it's like three something a beer. That, I mean, a uh, six pack. Three three dollars and thirty cents a six pack. Okay, let's that's just say. with tax. That's how much. No, it okay. You know, All right. but the other ones are without tax. So no, that's true. Three dollars and thirty three cents per for per, per six pack. So it's roughly a third a third of what we normally have. <laughs> Uh, that's gonna help. That's gonna that go a long help. way. Uh, I had to look this up. It's very hard to find how many IBUs. <laughs> it's like two. 
I, I went to a very unreputable site on the dark web to find <laughs> to find how many IBUs are in Miller High Life, and they said they said seven. Seven, Seven IBUs. <laughs> so, All right. I'm just going to take them at their word. That's right. We're just going to assume that that is correct. Uh, and the alcohol by volume is 4.6. You know, Miller may not even know. They might even know how many IBUs are in it. So, I don't think anybody knows. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Cheers. All right. To the high life. To the high life. Oh, yeah. Mm, I think uh, summertime porches. Uh Wind blowing through the trees. I should have mowed my lawn and come over here. Birds and chirping in the background. You, you know, on their on their website, they have all that nostalgic ads. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, this is the beer that I imagine in Shawshank Redemption, where the suds, the suds. Yeah, he's got the. Bu- I just want a bucket of sud f- for my boys. <laughs> yeah, and it's a high life. It's got to be. Yeah, I want to get a bucket of suds of these. Yeah, Six you, can get, you can get 18, <laughs> 18 of them. For it's a big 10 bucket. Bucks. It's like bobbing for it bud. It fills your fridge, bud, man. Yeah. It fills yeah. your fridge with beer. Ten bucks. And it fills your heart with cheer. What makes you feel more than a big shot than having a fridge full of beer mm. and only cost you ten bucks? It's like it's like you, you cheated mm-hmm. somehow, but haven't somehow gotten caught. You, you fell into winning at life mm-hmm. by by getting this beer. And that's how I feel when I get a Miller Life. Okay, Glenn, so... Uh, let's mm. let's let's throw this into the MTS computer and find out what what gets printed out. Let's what's your what's your call on the MTS? Let's input board? some variables here. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so it's three point three three per six pack. Three, yes, exactly three dollars and thirty three cents okay. per six pack, which is really going to mess with my well everything. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a very tasty beer. It's tasty? not complex. No, you know, is it the best beer you've ever had? No, no. I mean, in terms of yeah, but it is it is it's, it's good. A, it's an American style lager. It's nice and refreshing. I on was a, on a spring night. I will say I would rather have this than quite a few of the beers that we've had before. On the Agreed. Show. Agreed. I'm, and I'm not making that up. I'm no, not, I, yeah, I'm serious. Yeah, I, I, we've I totally had some agree. stinkers. Yeah, we have. Whew. We have. My <laughs> biscuit goes. Are, most of them are. Early on the show, we did a we did a bunch of weird mixed drinks. Yeah. Which turned out to be Terrible problematic be- yeah. because I fell asleep by the time the uh-huh. show was over. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm glad we got away from that. Yeah, that was a terrible idea on my part. <laughs> well, all right. So anyway, yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. So what's your score? <laughs> so uh, I don't know how to. <laughs> this does not compute. All right. So very yeah. very cheap. Low IBUs. Low IBUs. Almost medium alcohol content. I mean, what's it, what is it? Five, four point six. Four point six. All right. So a little bit lower than normal, but you know, but, but still winning a lot on the price side. <laughs> yeah. Uh okay. I mean, I got to give it like a seventeen, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. You could. The you, MTS computer will take care of the rest after you. Well, okay. Um. <clears throat> I don't. I don't. Why don't you go first? I want to. I want to think about this a little bit more. Nine. Okay. I was. Nine. I was going to go nine. I. I. I'm, I feel strongly and opinionated about this. It's nine. It's I was going to say nine too, just because of the price. Like. Yeah. Is so. I. Yeah. Okay. Let's think. Of what else you could buy for this? For this amount of for money? For ten dollars. Uh, red. Red dog. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> ten dollars. Red dog is no high life. Ten dollars will get you PBR. Uh, maybe. Ten dollars will get you a craft brewers six pack, and maybe like a if if they do the build your own six pack, will get you one bottle of some other craft mm-hmm. craft brewers. Or you could get eighteen high lives. Right. So I, nine uh, two. 
Nine. Okay. And and, and beer snobs everywhere are laughing at us. Mm-hmm. But the joke's on them. Exactly, Glenn. Exactly. That's it's this. I this is the I, I love yeah this is probably one of the highest rated uh, beers that we've talked about, and that makes perfect sense when you think about the MTS. But okay, let me get. So we're going to stress test it. Let though. me get the official. I know this is going to be weird because we're going to creak and moan. We agreed on the nine. This has never happened before that we come to the same conclusion on this score. So we don't know exactly what's going to happen. Technically, I said nine two because of the. Oh, you said nine two. But for the sake of stress testing the MTS system, we're saying nine. Well, well let's just call it a nine. Okay. Let's just see what happens. Um, okay, so we said the we said okay. So uh, let me type this in here. Okay, we said the price was three point three three. The IBUs were seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, alcohol by volume, 4.6. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you said 9, and I said 9. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. So, all right. Let me uh, let's see. Let me wait for this to print out here. Okay. Here comes it. Oh, okay. Uh, so, wow. Okay. So, it, it actually came out. This is... I wasn't expecting this at all, but it actually came out as a nine. Wow! So, so it agreed with us. It agreed with us. Really, it did. <laughs> um, okay, Glenn. Well, there's one. There's one more thing left to do, and and that is to check out our good friends over at Beersnob.com and mm-hmm. see what their rating for mm-hmm. it was. And I looked it up just a second ago, and their rating for it is a 63, a poor, a poor, poor. rating, like P O U R, P O O R, like. Poor me some more Poor. Miller Life. And you know what I have to say about that, Glenn? Uh-oh. F those guys. <laughs> beep. Yeah. Beep, 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 beep. Uh, <coughs> that's bull****. A 63? Are you kidding me? This is exactly why the MTS was created by us to give to give equality to all beers on an even playing field. Yes. And scientifically say how a good beer should be rated. Amen. This this is elitistbeersnob.com crap at its worst. This is a good beer. Mm. And if they don't agree with that, they can go take their website and shove it. That's right. So there you go, Glenn. Beersnob.com, up yours. Meanwhile, we'll be giving it nine twists. Exactly. Of the mustache. That's right. Cheers. Okay. All right, Glenn. Let's, I'm getting all riled up. Mm. Let's let's move along to some interesting posts from gentlemen.com the last week or so. Well, I tell you what, Brian, this feistiness kind of it's, – it's a good thing because it kind of mm-hmm. carries over to the next uh, – to the first tack we're going to talk about. Yeah, that's true. Now, our buddy Ben Espen has posted yes. an incredible tack, mm-hmm. a great find. I don't know where he found it, but I'm glad that he did. Yeah. Um, and the title is in quotes, and it says, Los Angeles Center, Aspen 20 – can you give us a ground speed check? First of all, let me say I didn't understand the headline at all. No, so, no, no. But it got a lot of likes on Gentleman, so I was like, okay, I better check this out. <laughs> if you read the article, it makes sense. But basically, yeah. it's, the, um, it's a story of a pilot and his co-pilot in the uh, SR-71 plane, which is a... Um, I, I, uh, admittedly, I'm not a plane guy. Like, yeah. I'm not... I, don't I never got into that as a kid. I had a right. friend who was, like, all into it. Mm-hmm. I never was. I appreciated how flipping fast these things go. Yeah. But it's just not my thing. Mm-hmm. But it's still... I, I still think it's awesome, but I yeah. just don't know all the lingo and jargon. Right. This is the SR-71, and it is a screaming airplane. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway, these these two guys are, are flying a mission, and they're going through an area... What was it? Uh, Arizona. Arizona. And over the uh, over the radio, they hear um, some uh, speed checks that other other airlines are doing, and uh, to, the, to a ground tower, right to the ground tower. And so, 
So this Navy pilot radios, radios in and says, uh, you know, ground, ground control, how fast am I going? And mm-hmm. they say, oh, you're going uh, 620 on the ground. Yeah. And, and the only reason the Navy pilot did it was to kind of show off. Right. Well, these guys are flying a flipping fast plane. Right. And so they say, uh, the pilot is debating, what, you know, should I call it in? Should I not? Right. And uh, the guy behind him in, in the... Uh, the radio operator. In the, yeah, the radio operator in the plane calls it in and says, uh, yeah, <clears throat> how fast are we going there, ground control? And yeah. he's like, oh, we have you at uh, 1,842 <laughs> knots. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, the, and the radio controller says, oh, I had us close to like 2,000. Yeah. So anyway. No, but the great, the great thing about this story is how well it's told. I guess this is from an excerpt, <laughs> an excerpt from a book that um, that the guy wrote about flying this super fast plane, and he, I guess, him and his partner had been flying it for ten months in training before they got their 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 go ahead to fly it on missions. And uh, he was saying it. He he basically lays this whole thing out as this bonding experience between him and the radio operator. And how uh, they weren't really a crew until they went through all this stuff together. And one of the things was, you know, the guy that's piloting the aircraft had always been on the radio. And he was always kind of like, well, I'm this, you know, hotshot radio radio guy or whatever. And he's kind of <laughs> like a little bit, you know, he's like, I, you know, he loves flying the plane. But, you know, there's this other guy in the cockpit. That's what he's too. known for. That's like yeah. his thing. And uh, so he kind of has to relinquish this to this other guy. And uh, so it was in his head as soon as this other plane um, raided in to do the to do the speed check that if he was running the uh, the radio he would immediately call back in but he he wasn't running the radio so as soon as his partner ran the radio and said did the speed check and he did it like awesome <laughs> perfectly uh, that uh, that he knew that they were a good crew and they're going to work together real well. Um, and I love the, the the whole description's awesome and you should check out podcast.jailbird.com because I'll. I'll link it up and and he know, tells whatever. it way better than he I tells do. it really well and it's it's from a, a book um, which sounds good because I mean this is like a like a probably a, an instant of time that probably elapsed in thirty seconds or something like that and right because they're going re- so fast it's a really well <coughs> told story and uh, I just thought it was cool how you know he he lays everything all out in a really it makes it very interesting like I know nothing about piloting a plane Mm -hmm. and he lays it all out and he's like well here's the deal with you know ground control it's like this and when you're in the plane you want to sound like john wayne when you get on the radio you know like all these yeah all these things so uh it was a really cool story one thing that stuck out in me is my brother-in-law is a marine Mm -hmm. was a marine and one thing i didn't really understand you know ever until i talked to him some is that like and there's kind of this kind of this rivalry between all the different branches, right? So in the story, in this in this pilot story, he kind of the impetus for him radioing that speed, like going through his mind, he's like, "Man, we cannot let this Navy guy, yeah, you know, show us up here. We're right. going like six times faster than he is, right, right, right. I don't know, ten times faster, right." And uh, so, but yeah, there's like there's kind of a rivalry between mm-hmm. all the branches, and I, yeah, I think it's more friendly than anything, but yeah. I wouldn't know. I, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I would know either. I've heard the same thing about. I've heard the same thing about um, firemen and policemen. Mm. Like there's this, there's this like behind the scenes rivalry that goes on between those two departments, you know. And uh, yeah, I don't know the the dynamics of those relationships. I'm not really sure uh, how that how that all works, but it sounds like you know it's a friendly one upsmanship yeah. kind of thing going on. But sure. anyway, really cool story about. Uh, 
piloting one of the fastest aircraft, I guess, that people can can zing around in. So <laughs> we're really not the great, the best guys to uh, talk about, you know, aircrafts. Yeah. But even as a no, somebody that knows no nothing about this, it's a great story, and it uh, has a lot of cool details in it. About I can't imagine flying around that fast in yeah. something. I mean, it's an incre- It's got to be an incredible feeling. And he kind of describes how it feels to be getting through, uh, uh, in being in charge of an aircraft that's going that quick, and and how that works and stuff like that. So anyway, really great find by Ben Espin. I love the fact that it's kind of just an off the wall story. Uh, I wouldn't have read about it unless I was on gentleman.com. So, anyway. Hint, hint. Hint, hint. Yeah. <clears throat> Next up, Brian, mm-hmm. we have uh, mem- gentleman member, longtime gentleman member, Damon. Mm-hmm. Um, or is it Demon? I never know how to pronounce that word. It's D A E M O N. Is it another way to say Demon? Or is I don't it Damon? Know. I think it's Damon. I, I, well, I'm not sure. <clears throat> I, I use that, it's a computer term. It that is. I see all the time, and I don't. I'm not exactly sure how to say it. Wait, did I spell? And it now right? I feel bad because we're talking about the po- the guy on the podcast, and we um, we don't even know how to pronounce his name. Hold on, demon, demon. Okay, demon. All right, demon. so it's pronounced demon. Okay, now we huh. know. Now you know. Uh, D a e m o n. Yeah, demon. Mm-hmm. Uh, regardless of how you say his name, the facts remain the same. Exactly. He has posted he or she, uh, who knows the, who knows who it is right this person has posted amazing things mm-hmm. um over the course of gentlemen but and we've talked about it before the podcast for sure but this one's really good it's uh from the site factually gizmodo and the title is 50 years ago nasa astronauts smuggled a corned beef sandwich into space um and uh if you know anything about space travel? And I do. And Brian does. Mm-hmm. It's that they have to go to extreme lengths for just about every aspect of normal everyday life. Mm-hmm. The food you eat has to be particular. Mm-hmm. The things you drink, mm-hmm. how you drink them, mm-hmm. how you go to the bathroom. Right. I don't even know how you take a shower. Um. <clears throat> Anyway, so there's all these things you and I don't have to think about, like Miller High Life. Forget mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, glass bottle that'd probably kill somebody. Yeah, I don't know. But the story goes is that 50 years ago in 1965, the astronaut John Young was on a, uh, a mission, the Gemini Three mission, and uh, he casually uh, reaches into his pocket and pulls out a two-day-old corned beef sandwich from uh, where? From, so, someplace in uh, it's a uh, some Wolf's deli. restaurant and sandwich shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which apparently makes an incredible corned beef sandwich. I'm going to try it. I'm on Earth, so I can... <laughs> yeah. No, don't have to put it in your astronaut suit. Yeah, yeah exactly. For a couple of days. Um, and uh, he, he pulls out a, he pulls it out as kind of like a prank and breaks mm-hmm. off some for his, his buddy. Mm-hmm. And uh, But they had to, like... They could only take a couple of bites because as soon as he... As soon as they, like, broke it apart, like, pieces just went everywhere. Crumbs of the bread and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, which apparently is a problem in space. Yeah, well, so here's the thing. This was the first um, two-man space operation. Mm. And he yeah, he was just kind of pulling a prank, you know, or whatever. But uh, they had just spent, like, the, the country had just spent, like, millions of dollars trying to figure out food in space. In the 60s. And they gave them all this... <laughs> New like space food covered in gelatin, so it wouldn't break apart uh, when they ate it. 
so the guy was like, well, screw this. I'm going to bring a corned beef sandwich along with me to the, <laughs> on that space flight. Yeah. You know? But apparently it really actually caused a stir because people were upset that uh, they spent all this money to study space food. And the guy just brought a sandwich up and started eating it, which I think is kind of awesome. And let me tell you something. If you are an astronaut and you are going up into space, the first two-man space, Mm -hmm. you got to expect that out of an astronaut. He's a maverick. Cowboy. He's he's willing to fly up there and risk his life. Space cowboy. You, uh, you know. Let him take the sandwich. Look, I'd rather rather have a guy that's going to break the rules and bring a corned beef sandwich Mm -hmm. than the guy that's just going to eat the space food. Mm -hmm. So... I don't think there's any reason for anybody to get bent out of shape about that, but apparently it's a big deal. And then the best part about it is he was flying the first space shuttle in 1981. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And again, brought a corned beef sandwich. <laughs> Ta-da! So, hey. Lightning struck twice. Exactly. Close? Twice. I don't know. Yeah, I, uh, I guess apparently they had to... NASA had to, like, grovel and convince, you know... The politicians that there weren't going to be any more contraband. <laughs> There'd be beef. no more corned beef stowed away on the space flights. Twenty years later, what does this guy do? <laughs> corned beef sandwich again. I wonder. Hey. If, I wonder if it's from the same place. Probably. I would think so. I would hope so. They must have made one heck of a corned beef sandwich. <laughs> Two day old corned beef sandwich <laughs> in your astronaut suit. Well, can you imagine the exchange between those two guys? Though they're like up in the flight, and the other guy probably doesn't know anything about it, and he's like. <laughs> hey, check it out! Yeah, his <laughs> corn like see from his armpit pulls yeah. out this corned beef sandwich. I got this corned beef sandwich. <laughs> I got it past the guys the gate. Oh man! But anyway, yeah. So it's a cool story. I mean, we talked about the, the, this before, which is something that I'd never thought about. I always think about these NASA missions and how scientific they are. I love the fact that there was somebody there, like cutting it up, you know, mixing yeah. it up, doing. Whatever the heck he wanted to. He's an astronaut, you know, making history. He can do whatever he wants, you know, which is awesome. What are they going to do? Make him come back home? Yeah, I mean, exactly. Nothing. They can't do anything. I mean, he did have to, to face the piper eventually. But Somebody somebody uh, commented on the tack and said something like, when you, or maybe it was, the, no, it was on the story. When, the story. when you strap yourself to a bomb and rocket yourself up into the atmosphere, you should be able to eat whatever sandwich you damn well please. Right. Well, wasn't the big argument? I mean, the argument was that because he ate that corned beef sandwich, he then couldn't eat some other food. Some other ate. scientific food that they had made right. to study, basically, which... Man, sign me up for that mission where you're just on the flight and your job is to eat. Yeah. Yeah, they should have had one of us along. Past the dehydrated turkey. Yeah, exactly. Maybe the, some... Uh, Gelatinous steak is delicious today. I um, okay, Glenn. Well, speaking of gelatinous, um, there's this next this next hack from Razorback, and this uh, this is highly controversial. It really stirred my emotions, mm. and this is really going to divide probably three fourths of the gentleman community. Three fourths. I'm saying like 25 percent of the gentleman community will be like, yeah, this is totally. True. I concur. And then 75% of it will be like, no freaking way. This is not true. The title of the tack is Science Shows How Drummer's Brains Are Actually Different from Everyone Else's. And this title, I can tell Razorback's a drummer. Because this title is all about... Sweet Redemption. 
this article is all about how uh, drummers that are good at keeping pace are actually good at problem solving as well. There's a link between problem solving ability and being able to keep pace as a drummer. And also the, the article goes on to say that ha- having somebody in the band that actually keeps a good pace increases the abilities of the people around them. Hmm. So there's that some kind of sense, a weird actually. like rhythmic high that the rest of the band gets on when the drummer's doing, doing a good job. Well, you're not thinking about trying to keep up and stay on beat with the drummer who's erratic. Mm-hmm. You're, right. You're, your mind is free to go and to, yeah, worry about other things. Do your thing. Uh, look, here's the thing, though, Glenn. Mm-hmm. I'm a guitar player, mm-hmm. so I think this study is complete BS. <laughs> I mean... Ooh. Fighting words, Brian. Look, I'm a pretty good problem solver, and I'm a guitar player. <laughs> and uh, that means mm. this article is completely made up. No, I uh, went. The, I co- actually commented on this uh, this article, and I said something to the effect that I think there's something to this, and and I think that you know one of the things I thought about when I read uh, when I read through this story was that I've seen a ton of local bands. I've seen you know. I don't know how many hundreds of shows by local bands and there's just a few that stick out to me and they're the ones that became actually somewhat successful either regionally or nationally and the thing they had in common all of them was that they had a top-notch excellent drummer yeah that was what separated them from being an okay band a good bar band to being that 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 good good band that you knew was going to make it you know yeah so I think there's something to it. I think there's something to it. I will play devil's advocate here. What about the White Stripes? Right. That's it. That'd be a good anti-argument. Um, because Meg, 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 Meg White, Meg White, whatever, or whatever her name is. Yeah. I, I'm not that big a fan of White Stripes. Like I mm-hmm. could take it or leave it. Yeah. Um, but. They had a lot of commercial success. She basically, yeah, and he, she was basically encouraged to be a terrible drummer. Yeah, from day one. Yeah, and they were pretty successful. Okay, so this is complete BS. It's all about the guitar player. <laughs> See, it's, it's all the about the songwriter. Gu- it's all about the guitar player and the yep. songwriter. Because mm. I mean, it's all about Jack White. He's still famous. No one even knows who Meg White is anymore. Like, who is she? I don't know. It's all about Jack White. Well, and he's the guitar player. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there, man. Look, that's a great point as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't know, man. Like, uh, well, Mick Fleetwood is like a rock. I mean, that dude. Yep, he's known for his like steady timekeeping. Man, I could rattle off of. My, I, I was thinking about Nick or Mick Fleetwood. I was thinking about John Bonham. Yep, I was thinking about. Um, Neil Peart from Rush. Yes. Uh, Man. I mean, even like somebody like Ringo Starr, which was kind of, it, it, you know, but a very talent, but he's very talented. That's what they needed. Exactly. That, that's what that's what the Beatles needed. Exactly. And it was very different what he was doing on the drums at mm-hmm. the time. Um Oh, man, so many good drummers out there that really make the band. U2 drummer? My name mm-hmm. escapes me. Yeah. Gosh, what's his name? Larry that dude is like, something. What? Or, is it Larry something? Or Larry, that, yeah. That's the, no, that's the, the bassist. Yeah. Well, anyway. Anyway, I yeah. should know. You know, all these bands um, have really, I mean, it's just, it's crazy, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So I, I think there's something to it. I think mm-hmm. there's something to it. Why, yeah, you have one example. I have like 10. 
So, all right, I'm just throwing it out there. I think maybe maybe it could work both ways. Maybe you either need to be a really terrible drummer or a really good drummer, and then anything in between Man. is not a good thing to be. I think I think the really terrible drummer thing probably not. I I, I would say 99 out of 100 times is probably not a good recipe for any band to have a terrible drummer. Mm-hmm. So I don't yeah. know what the deal was with the White Stripes. That's, that was just a weird. I think because it was so off-putting and weird in general. Yeah. People probably forgot that there were drums playing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Hey, they're brother and sister. No, wait. They're not, married. Or maybe they are involved. No, I, I don't know. And then, yeah. They look like characters in uh, uh, Edward Scissorhands or something. <laughs> really. Anyway. Well, anyway. Well, yeah. This is not the so, nor there. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, that was a... Uh, it's food for thought. That's what it is. Yeah, it is. Something to think about. Science is amazing. It and is amazing. So are drummers to me because I can't do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no, I can't either. I'm not um, wired that way. Speaking of uh, drummers and stuff like that, music, music. and all those things. <laughs> Good segue. Uh, some uh, the toast. Uh, there was a uh, interesting. The gentleman toast this week. There was an interesting article that I saw that that stuck out to me. We've mm. talked about Jay Z before. I wanted to toast this guy. We talked about how cool I think it is that he's involved in all these industries. He's a, just an incredible entrepreneur. Mogul. Yeah, just getting it done and all these things. Anyway, he's starting his own music service. And um, Apple's got a music service. There's RDO. There's Spotify. Um, back in the day, which is still around, there's Napster, which is still going. Rhapsody. Rhapsody. Um, so the thing is... Artists are getting pissed off because they aren't getting the royalties that they think that they deserve. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's debatable. Mm -hmm. Uh, Really, I think, uh, back at, you know, artists didn't get money off of radio either. Yep. They they got some, but not very much. And they saw it as a way to sell albums, so it wasn't that big of a deal back in the day. And this this is kind of getting back towards that whole thing. Jay-Z bought this company called Tidal, which was a European, or sorry, Scandinavian uh, streaming music service. Mm -hmm. And he wants to involve all the other major artists in it and get, as I I understand it, get exclusive deals with them to only stream their music on his service and thereby basically take control away from the labels from these other companies and put it back into artists hands and try to build this service based on people that are you know people like taylor swift jay-z all these people that are the kind of top of their industry um so anyway i think i think it's a cool idea i think it's a good thing i think it's a good thing for the music industry because i'm frankly a little bit worried about the fact that I pay 10 bucks a month for a streaming service and I can listen to any album I want to yeah. for as long as I want to. I feel like that's a little bit weird. So, um, so anyway, I, I'm, I'm excited about this. I think it's a really good thing that he's doing. Um, and I like Jay Z in general. I think he's, I think he's a cool guy. Like I, I, I like all the stuff he does. I think it's pretty awesome. So yeah, it's a really interesting concept. Um, Man, I'm just going to play devil's advocate all, all over the place tonight, Brian. But uh, actually, no, I won't. This is a toast. I think I think the concept is good. I think I think the underlying concept is good. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out 
with the new problem of, all right, you're not paying companies anymore, you're paying individual artists. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think a lot of the problems with the streaming music stuff isn't necessarily from, like, the, the top dogs, right? They don't really, I mean, you know, it's nothing to them. They're touring, they, it doesn't matter if they're, people mm-hmm. are getting paid or not, if they're getting paid or not to, 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 to have people listen to streaming music. But it's like, the middle to lower guys who right. have albums out there that get, you know, a thousand plays or right. two thousand plays. Mm-hmm. They get ha- nothing. They get nothing. Literally nothing. <clears throat> Here's the thing. Uh, unless you were U2 or Jay-Z or... Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. You never made money off CD sales. No. Never. I mean, you had to record your album. You paid your record company hundreds of thousand dollars or millions of dollars to make the record mm-hmm. distribute it distribute it all that stuff any cd sales you made were coming out of that yeah so you never made anything unless you had some like blockbuster record deal that you negotiated like you two did mm-hmm. when they were up for 10 years of mm-hmm. albums they'd already Hits. done for some other label um so no one was make i mean no artists were making any money off cds like it was all labels and apparently now with the streaming services, basically the labels sign away their rights. Supposedly, they sign away their rights for interest in audio, for interest in Spotify, right? Stock interest and oh. a big payday. Basically, is like one final cash cash out for these companies. And before it all goes under, basically, yeah, huh. that was that's basically what kind of happened, as I understand it, anyway. So. The problem is that obviously artists aren't getting anything, but this is the way that's been for the last hundred years. I mean, there's always been people taking advantage of everybody that's not a top tier artist and making money off their mm-hmm. off their stuff. So I, I I think it's cool that he's trying to do this kind of service centered around the actual artist itself because mm-hmm. that gives them the opportunity to ha- be involved in the decisions that make this company. Succeed or fail, right? And you know, if you're an artist and you can put a, you have the ability to put a embargo on all your other music except for this one service that you're actually a part of. Mm-hmm. You kind of yeah. call the shots. I yeah. mean, uh, you know, it, it, if they can get enough artists to really do that, then the other music services are going to have a serious issue, and they're going to have to come talk to these guys. So. Uh, it's it's an interesting play, and you got to say with Jay Z's track record, I think that he might be able to get something done in this in this realm. Man, so. the, the artists that he has on board just from the beginning are just incredible. Mm-hmm. All right, Coldplay. I don't know if has anybody bought their uh, records in the past. You know, ten. I've never years? heard of them, but um, Jack White. <laughs> yeah, Madonna. I think mm-hmm. she's been around for a while. Rihanna, Beyonce, mm-hmm. Alicia mm-hmm. Keys, Daft Punk. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting because. Um, well, obviously Kanye. Uh, it'll be interesting because, like, earlier this year, the internet was up in arms because Taylor Swift said, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm pissed off that I'm not going to get paid anything. Literally, right. I mean, pennies to the to the thousands of dollars that the record companies are going to make mm-hmm. from streaming my music on Spotify and Artigo right. and everywhere else. Mm-hmm. I'm not streaming it. you got to go buy it. Yeah. And people did. And it became the, the most, it was the top selling album of all time, I right. think. I'm pretty sure. I'll look it up. I'll look, I'll fact check that. I'm pretty sure Taylor Swift's album was probably not the most popular album of all time. <laughs> it was. It was the. 
selling more copies in, in its opening week than any other album in the last 12 years. So where were we? Toast. To Jay-Z. To Jay-Z. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's all. I, I think this is a good thing. I think overall it's a good thing. It's like yeah. any any kind of change. Maybe not. it won't be perfect from the beginning, but it's better than doing nothing at all. I, I applaud and appreciate Jay-Z for doing that. I think it's... I think... I think he's on to something. Down we'll with the see man. Where, we'll see where it goes, Glenn. Okay, so speaking of seeing where it goes, uh, time for the... Um, hot button. Topic. And, um, <laughs> Glenn, Melancholy this, hot, hot button. Glenn, this week... Um, <clears throat> look, okay. Facebook. Facebook had their developer, the developer conference... Um, they all these things happened. You know, Facebook basically is the internet now. It's mm. basically like America Online, mm-hmm. and by that I mean mm-hmm. it's really cool and important, right? And um, right. so they bought this company, Oculus Rift, which is a virtual reality headset that you stick on, and you can like look around in these virtual worlds that don't really exist yet, but they will exist at some time in the future, and blah mm-hmm. blah. Anyway, the point is, Glenn, uh, virtual reality is coming. It's, mm. it's, it's on its way. And mm-hmm. we know this. We know this for a fact because virtual reality is going to be coming to the pornography industry. Really? And the sports industry. Okay. And the video game industry. I could see that one. Which are the ones that um, drive innovations in technology. And this quote from an article I read on USA Today, it says, Video games and pornography are both $100 billion global businesses capable of establishing market trends ranging from heavy-duty graphic processing units to the now-defunct VCR. So they're saying that those two industries are going to spearhead an investment in virtual reality technology that are going to make it a a day-to-day thing that you and I, like, we wake up, we put our headsets on, go in our virtual reality worlds or whatever for a while. <laughs> you know, Water my virtual flowers. Maybe we, like, go we go to a virtual gentleman and we add <laughs> virtual, virtual tax, virtual tax mm. move them around with our hands, yeah. and then huh. roll around in them, roll around in the tax. So F- Facebook bought Oculus Rift, right? Yep. Okay. Have they found any legal trouble yet? Because they clearly stole that idea. From? From Back to the Future 2. Back to the Future 2. <laughs> yeah. Where Marty Jr. is, you know... Yeah. Puts on his, his 3D headset, which yep. looks surprisingly like Oculus Rift. Yeah. Oh, no no joke. Yeah. I, I'm surprised the patent uh, trademarking laws haven't come into play here. <laughs> this sucks, right? From that movie, what do we get first? Not the hoverboard. Nope. Not those awesome sneakers. Not the Pizza Hut pizza yeah. machine. Dehydrated. Yeah, exactly. No, we get the crappy 3D crappy 3D like, glasses that no one reality likes. that isn't real. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, Facebook said that they were their videos if you use the special 3D virtual reality video technology to record your video, you could hook up your Oculus Rift headset if you own one, which no one does. And then you could watch the videos in your Facebook stream that are 3D with your... I don't know. I lost my train of thought because it was so complex to figure out how to get from A to B. But 
The point is, like, there could be virtual reality videos in your Facebook stream. I don't know, man. I I uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that this isn't gonna. Be, I think this is gonna be just like that that thing, <clears throat> the precursor to the DVD. There was that like it looked like a giant record, but it was a DVD. Remember that thing? Yeah, laserdisc. Yeah, la- but I mean, I mean, like the actual massive laserdisc. Yeah, laserdisc. It was like a record. It was like a record. Yeah. I think I've got one somewhere. Really? Like the actual player or the record? No, like I the, mean the, the, the laser disc. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, we had them in our library at school, and that's yeah. how, that's how and that's yeah. the only time I've ever seen one. Yeah, I think this is going to be like that. Somebody somebody in a lab somewhere was like, "This is brilliant. This is going to be. This is going to change everything." I would like it more to like Google Glass or something. Where yeah, maybe eventually at some point, if technologies that we're not really aware of right now make themselves aware like you know if google glass had some engineering leaps that made it not so dorky and stupid and batteries and all this stuff and you know like all these things have to have like fall into place but if they do i could see how google glass could be successful yeah i could see how virtual reality could work but like one of their examples of a like a success with this technology is this thing called time walk and it's a project that allows a virtual reality visit back to the early days of Mill Valley, a San Francisco what? suburb. Mill Valley? You mean the suburb in Back <laughs> to the Future? That's not. That's Hill Valley, not Mill oh, Valley. Oh, okay. But um, but if you look at the picture of it, it looks like uh, it looks like a pixelated version of Oregon Trail. <laughs> and. <laughs> I don't know. Pog got consumption. Yeah. It's trained in seven days. I just don't understand. I mean, what do you... I don't... It just doesn't... This whole thing, like, doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I don't I don't get it. Like, I, maybe maybe it's one of these technologies that I'm just... It, like, it's far ahead of its time, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, man, I have no idea. And I'm, I'm clueless, and I just don't know that this is going to take over the world, but it seems like... This is really they're they're saying this is different this time. That virtual reality's been around for a long time. The processors, the GPUs, all the stuff that it takes to make virtual reality are, are we're at a point where this is really gonna happen. And I just don't I don't I'm not on, on the same board with that. I mean you look at the pictures of the people that use it, they're they look freaking <laughs> dorky, you know? Yeah. It's like looking at somebody while they're looking at their phone. Yeah. Except worse. Um so here here here's my prediction, Brian. Whether or not this takes off. Mm-hmm. That's you know I don't know it could t- I could see it take it off yeah but I will predict this that when if when that thing takes off where you have all these virtual reality uh, opportunities to be in virtual realities mm-hmm. I, I guess I don't even know what the, the terminology is because it's this new okay the 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 the, uh, the ability to be in a reality that's not real <laughs> yeah is the, the pushback is going to be people are going to be wanting to be wanting to do more things face to face wanting to you know like mm-hmm. the, it's a push it's that natural pushback where you yeah. on one end of the spectrum you have all this new weird virtual reality on the mm-hmm. other end of the spectrum people are, are going to rebel against it and say yeah i want to be outside i want to actually look at something and know it's yeah. real and touch it and, yeah. you know well yeah and here's the thing is like this article that i was reading uh said that one of the one of the most important aspects to it that they think is going to really catch on is the sports live sports okay but you're not just you're not just like limited to your seat you can sit there and watch the game in your virtual reality headset 
you can fly to different parts of the arena and see the game. You know, see it from the ceiling or, you know, wherever in the in the arena or whatever. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, all you want to do is have a very good vantage point like you have right now right. on television right? and watch the game. You don't need to be flying around places or anything like that from a... Somebody that watches sports all the time. That would be annoying. There is n- virtually no reason to have a virtual reality headset on to watch a sporting event. Like, you would want to watch it on TV way more yep. than you would uh, some weird virtual reality thing. Because what are they going to do? Stick you in the in the stands where you... you know, I mean, I it makes no sense to me at all. And I think it's one of those deals where... They got all excited about the fact that, oh, here's the killer feature of a virtual reality sporting <laughs> event. But it's like, no, you got it right the first time. It's fine to just sit on your couch and watch a very good viewing angle of a sporting event. Right. And that's good. And I mean, that's pretty good, you know, so. I don't want to, I don't want to paint with too wide of a brush here, but do you think this is more of a, more of a, a product of like people who don't watch sports. Yes, sports exactly. Sports making something exactly. for people who watch sports. Exactly, it's a bunch of technology nerds saying like, "This is going to revolutionize watching sports," like the replay did or something. You know, uh, <laughs> no, the replay is useful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I want to know. The replay is like, wow, this is like a incredible like innovation. Like fl- I'm floating right next yeah. to the ball. <laughs> yeah, now yeah. I am the ball. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come on, guys. Actually, that would be kind of fun if you could turn into the ball. They, that's the thing is that they, there's no physical possible way that they could give you that. No. Good of it. I mean, I, anyway. I ugh. This is a stinker. It's a stinker, man. It's, it's a big... This is a... Facebook, they're trying to like... I'm trying to be Google. Yeah. They're trying to be Google and they should... They should stick to what they do well and do that and stop trying to take over the world because that is not going to work in the long in the long run. No. Especially when you got Zuck at the head of your company. Man, how much did they spend for that company too? It was a lot. It was like a billion. I don't, they're just throwing around money like it's no big deal, you know? <coughs> well. <clears throat> yeah. Mm. Anyway. Um, no, we're kidding. We, we love Facebook. Look, it's, we'd uh, love to have Zuckerberg on the podcast. We'll talk to him about technology and stuff. It would be pretty boring because Zuck's boring. <laughs> He's really boring. He, and, he is. Uh, it's, it's, his interviews are painful. And anyway, uh, he has no not, charisma. Not but, that they're more painful than our podcast. Well, nothing's more painful than our podcast, Glenn. But anyway, it's okay. a labor of love. Okay, Glenn. Well, we're both agreed then that the virtual virtual reality. Um. Is a great song by Jamiroquai. Yes, but uh, not <laughs> and but great video. Not a video. Not uh, that's virtual insanity. But oh, hey, okay, close enough. Futures, uh, but waiting. the idea of it in real life is terrible because it's not real. So no. it's not real life. No, so it's not a real thing. You will always be at odds. It's true. Look, I'm all for the dreamer, right? I'm all about you know. The concept of yeah. being able, you know, mm-hmm. just push the limits, all that kind right. of stuff. But when, when you know, some money guy somewhere says, "Oh man, you know what would be great with this? Yeah. Sports. Yeah, you could be inside the popcorn container, right. watching the game. It makes no sense. You I mean, could, you could be a tassel on the cheerleaders' <sighs> skirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's I, a bad example. I haven't seen, 
I haven't seen it, so it's hard for me to envision. And maybe you know, I want to say like I there. Look, I, everybody's got these things where they say like this technology is going to miss. This is terrible. This is a bad idea. And then all yeah. of a sudden, it's like wow, this is this is amazing. It's great. So I don't want to be that guy, but I want to say that from what I know now, this seems like an absolute train wreck of a bad idea. Facebook, this isn't like they're making another web product. This is like they're completely, they've got another arm of the company that has never done anything like this before doing something. They're reaching, man. It's a big reach. They're, they're, they're swinging for the fences. Like, you know. Can you imagine? Okay, for starters, Oculus Rift headset. I wonder how much that would cost. No right? idea. I, 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 anyway, we're, we're beating a dead horse here. Yeah. Maybe, right. maybe we'll be wrong. I don't know. You give me you give me outside any day. You give me a, a walk in the walk in the park. You know. Let playing. me tell you something. If you are selling an Oculus Rift headset, it better be the most compelling. <laughs> I mean, it better be the most compelling experience that you have ever experienced ever. And to to get somebody to buy that, yeah. I mean, you know what I mean. Like, you got to have content. You got to have a locks down solid amazing experience do i think that facebook can do that hell no (laughs) hell like putting 3d videos in your stream is not a lockdown amazing convincing experience Yeah. yeah not the case so absolutely this is something that is not going to work out for them it's gonna be hard yeah unless somebody like maybe apple gets involved yep who has a proven track record of hardware exactly and yeah. consumer products yeah you know that aren't on websites that's right anyway okay Glenn Brian that was a negative enough of that that was yeah let's, let's okay yeah. we're, we're I'm back on space. track I'm back on track alright um yeah time for the questions from the gentleman mailbag Glenn mm-hmm. this is always a fun segment of the, of the podcast yes it is and this week Great question. Mm-hmm. I this really overlaps with my trip to New York, mm-hmm. and, and the question is: Would you ever use a selfie stick? Mm. And I had never seen anyone use a selfie stick until I was in New York. Really? And then I saw somebody every day, really, using a selfie stick. Mm. And it was pretty. It was a pretty interesting experience to see that firsthand. Uh, see somebody raise a stick out and then take a picture of themselves with the stick. Yes. And uh, I saw one time we were walking through Times Square, mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. uh, some girl had a selfie stick, and she was recording walking through Times Square, uh, wa- her her face while she was walking through Times Square, mm-hmm. and all that was around her, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, question is: Would you ever? Would you ever? Would you ever bust out the selfie stick to do some selfies? This is a good question. Uh, I think for starters, I would have to say no because that would require me having taken a selfie before. That's right. You I've are. Done. You have never done. Yeah. I'm a selfie virgin. I'm a virgin selfie. We've I, talked about how I need to. I need to delve into your the photos of your past to find out if this is actually true or not. Do it. Find it. Mm. I've, I've. There's something fundamentally for me. There's something wrong about like I, I don't know. I just can't. But you, but I will say. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, you're gonna no, say no, no, no. I was going to say, if I needed a selfie stick, I do have something, okay? Oh. Okay. I, I actually do have something. It's called my arm. Right. So I, I would probably use just that. Use your arm to do it. So I, I was just, I, I, I miss, 
the thing I miss about physical cameras, mm-hmm. I love the fact that you can take your phone with you and take amazing pictures, mm-hmm. amazing video. And um, I love that part of it because you don't have to stick 10 gadgets in your bag before you yeah. go on some trip somewhere. But the thing I miss about physical cameras is the timer. And ah. you can, you back in the day when the, the physical camera was a square, you could set it on a, a park bench or something like that and take a picture of yourself mm-hmm. somewhere, you know. Uh, or, or or whatever you could you could set it down on a surface and take you you can set it down and take a picture of yourself. Mm-hmm. You can't really do that anymore. I mean, you, you can buy little gadgets that you can stick on the back of your phone that'll let it sit there, and then you can set the phone on the timer and everything like that. You know, mm-hmm. um, but I, I miss that about the cameras because I mean that was the thing before selfies or whatever. You would take a time picture of yourself, right. and it was you know probably not composed very well or anything like that. But at least it wasn't somebody you know with their hand sticking out taking a picture of themselves mm-hmm. which does suck and i even hate the term selfie, selfie. it's the yeah. worst term in the world it's like a really egotistical yeah it's terrible i think that's the thing that I just yeah repels me yeah it's it's, it's a terror the whole thing is i i wish selfies would just kind of go away yeah like, as a whole yeah you know what i mean i that's how people so I'm on Instagram, and I follow quite a bit, a yeah. lot of my friends on Instagram. You know, I actually like Instagram quite a bit. Um, but that is the thing. Like, a, there's a there's a bunch that just take selfies all the time. It's like mm-hmm. everything they're doing, they take a picture of themselves. Right. And it doesn't, you know, it, whatever. If you if you're cool with doing that, that's fine. But I don't, I don't know. I guess you have to on something like Instagram, you, you have to take a picture of something. Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe we need to come up with a better. Uh, a, something better than a selfie stick, like maybe like a, a selfie bayonet. You know the uh, <laughs> those old uh, harmonica yeah. things. You yeah. Know? So maybe like you put it around your head. Yeah. And it sticks out to like here, and then you can just kind of like walk around <laughs> with the big wire bracket on your head, and then you just kind of like you know whatever, and then yeah, take a picture. Or maybe Oculus Rift will take continual selfies. All right. Of your selfie, you get to get virtual selfie with a stick on Oculus Rift. Man, um, no, I don't. I, I don't. I would never use a selfie stick. And it was, it was, it was amazing to me. Okay, I was, I would see people doing it, and I was like amazed that somebody would go to the trouble to buy a selfie stick, mm-hmm. and then employ said selfie stick mm-hmm. in New York, where. People are trying to walk on the sidewalks and stuff like that. Yeah, it's and pretty you're inconsiderate. Stopping and you know, when we were like behind that girl that was using one to record video, it was the most annoying thing in the world because <laughs> there was, you know, it was a, a mob of people trying to walk through this thing, and she was like slowly, like you know, trying to take video of herself walking through Times Square. It was the, it was incredible. I mean, it really was. It was incredible. Well, it's just like this big walking advertisement of I'm a tourist. Yeah, it was still my stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, it was just, it was terrible. Um, so I don't know, man. It's a terrible trend. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's what Facebook should be focusing on is 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 fixing selfie sticks mm-hmm. as opposed to making virtual reality worlds. I don't know. I, I like it, Brian. I like it. I uh, yeah. I this is kind of this. We should title this episode the Grumpy Old Man episode. Yeah, because we sound like grumpy old men. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, no, no selfie sticks. 
No um, selfie sombreros. No. <laughs> that would be no awesome. Oculus Rift. Oh, um, man, talking. Reality hard about enough Facebook. as it is. But we had a lot of we had a lot of positive things we said, Glenn. We, we said did. we liked uh, Miller High Life. Yes. We talked about the super fast aircraft. You called yeah. me a big shot. I called you a big shot, and I mean it. Wow. And uh, so there's a lot of positives. So yeah, maybe we're. Maybe we're a little bit grumpy old men, but if drinking Miller High Life and Glenn being a big shot is grumpy, <laughs> I'm cool with it. Just a bucket of suds for my friends. That's right. That's wow. right, Glenn. Okay, well, we I think we both agree that we're not going to use selfie sticks anytime soon. Yep. Um, that's an unfortunate... I don't know. It's an unfortunate thing that... that it, it seems like a weird invention. And, you know, like when we were... When... when my family was on vacation. We, like Lynn and I, visited the place where I proposed to her in mm-hmm. Colorado. Yeah. And there was a couple there, and they took a picture of us. Right. You know, as opposed to trying to make a selfie. And, right. Ah, anyway. I'm Nothing wrong with asking somebody to take a picture of you. Nope. That's what humanity's for. Yeah. Each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not virtual realities. That's right. But what's the Jameer Quest song? Virtual insanity. We are there for virtual insanity. Yeah. Okay. I'm a big fan of that. Virtual insanity. Yeah. <laughs> Keep your insanity virtual, all right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no more reality virtual. Mm-mm. Okay, Glenn. Well, uh, speaking of virtual insanity, that was the Gentleman Podcast, episode 53. Oh, man. What a long, strange trip it's been. That's right. Um, well, we're looking forward to episode 54. We appreciate you guys listening to episode 53, and we are... A couple of big shots. <laughs> this is not going to get old, is it? <laughs> I love that term, big shot. You know? Just the way it was used in all caps. All caps. Thanks for nothing, big, big shot. shot. <laughs> We're a couple guys that... That's like the last term you should... I mean, that's what's great about it. Is that, you know... <laughs> I, I What a great... What a great insult. It really was. Big shots. Yep. Yes, we are. Okay, Glenn. Well, we're definitely not big shots, but we can pretend to be. And we do pretend to be. We do pretend to be. Um, We don't pretend to be is done with this podcast. That's right. We're fully serious about that. Yes, we are. And we are. We're we're done with episode 53. Looking forward to episode 54. I'm Glenn Sansbury. I'm Brian McKinney. Thanks for listening. Thank you, and good night.